Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Mathewson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clip together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles, we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball kind of whenever. I am your host, Chris Gianta. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I'm doing well. It's been a while. Once again, we've had quite a few uh, uh, missed shows this year due to just various circumstances that have been out of our control, school, uh, just family matters that we've had to deal with. Um, but we're back today, and uh, I'm excited for hopefully another two-episode two week. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, we do like to do two episodes a week. But I think, um, honestly, saying, I think when we haven't been back in a while, the, the energy's up. We, we kind of we get going, attack, attack the news with, uh, with abandon. And, uh, yeah, excited, excited to get back on this lovely Tuesday morning, which will turn into afternoon soon. Uh, and, yeah, we will uh, start off by talking about uh kind of a weird the only way i can describe the situation is just weird and uh it's like and you know it this guy before this incident seemed like a pretty likable guy and you know just had this and was kind of a weird bad just did a weird bad thing uh the josh donaldson situation um do you want to just kind of uh debrief it for a little bit yeah sure so I guess it kind of all started on the field at least uh last week there was a play between Donaldson and Tim Anderson at third base where like Tim Anderson slid back into third and Donaldson like put his knee in front of the bag to like block him from going there and Tim Anderson got kind of frustrated about it uh the bench was cleared I believe and it was kind of just a a whatever kind of thing and they faced each other again a week later at Yankee Stadium and um, like the two were kind of going at it on Saturday in the first game of the series and um, Yasmani Grandal started yelling at Donaldson before he even came to the plate for one of his plate appearances and benches cleared again uh, there was, it was kind of a whole thing and after the game this is really when, it, when all the storylines started happening was after the game uh, Tony La Russa who you know, has kind of a reputation among baseball fans. Uh, said that the said that Donaldson said something racist about to, to Tim Anderson, which, like, I heard that and I was shocked. And Josh Donaldson came out and said that he called Tim Anderson Jackie, uh, and he was saying that as a callback to a 2019 interview that Tim Anderson did with. I believe it was either Bleacher Report or Sports, Sports Illustrated. It was one of the two where he said that he felt like he was the new Jackie Robinson because he was bringing fun into baseball along with many people. And he was one of the few people that were getting like uh, that were kind of getting disrespected for it. Like there was that incident with Brad Keller in 2019 where Tim Anderson homered. He threw his bat and there was a bench clearing incident because of that as well. 
Um, and there were a lot of takes. I was watching MLB Network all yesterday. They hammered this subject into the ground. There was a lot of differing viewpoints. Um, Chris, I'll start with you. Did you have any sort of takes from this takeaways? It, it was just, it was weird. And uh, I actually didn't know about the context of um, the 2019 interview that you just mentioned. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's weird. Like, I, I, I don't like, I don't think Josh Donaldson is necessarily a, a straight up a bad person for this, but I mean, it, it was like the wrong move and I think it was insensitive um and like a bit of a i guess you would call it like a microaggression um Mm. would be like the proper term but yeah it's weird and it's like obviously it's something that like it's just it would be a comment i would you know i personally would be uncomfortable making um and i wouldn't do it and i think it's you know the he ended up getting you know he ended up getting a one game suspension from mlb and I mean, I think MLB kind of had to do it. There had to be some acknowledgement of it because if there was no punishment or even if it was just like a fine, I think um, I think it would be some form of Major League Baseball not acknowledging it and they kind of had to. So uh, I definitely understand Major League Baseball's perspective. Um, and with, yeah, like I understand why I definitely understand why uh, Tim Anderson was thrown off about it because uh, like one of the, one of the quotes out on the internet was like uh, Josh Donaldson was trying to say it was an inside joke. And I remember seeing um, someone on Twitter, I forget who it was, but they were saying that, you know, inside jokes are between friends, Josh Donaldson and Tim Anderson aren't exactly friends. Um, So yeah, like it, you know, it was the wrong move. I don't think it was, uh, I don't think it's something that's going to plague my um, what's the term play completely plague my view of him, but um, doesn't help it whatsoever for sure. Yeah. Uh, it was actually Liam Hendricks who said that thing about like inside jokes being between friends uh, right, right. for his teammate. I don't doubt that Josh Donaldson was referring to that 2019 interview. Like I'm like, I don't think he would have just said it in the way that it was interpreted. Um, but like, it definitely, like, I can see how it came off the wrong way. I think it's like, I feel like you do got to be smarter about saying that because I don't know, like, it doesn't surprise me that it was interpreted that way. Like it was an interview from three years ago. Tim Anderson probably doesn't even rem- remember it. Like, of course it was taken that way. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, especially he- once again, if you're not friends, and it's an interview from three years ago. There's going to need, there, you need like context. And apparently there, there yeah, so like, context provided going into the thing about Josh Donaldson saying it was an inside joke. He mentioned that he said it to him on the field in 2019, the year that the, the year that he said that when he was in Atlanta. Um, and I don't know if he talked about if that was the only time he did it or not, but Josh Donaldson and Tim Anderson played in the same division together for two years. Like he had so many chances to like, if it was really an inside choke, he had so many chances to keep it going on the field. Why did he just bring it back three years later when there was already animosity between the two? Like I get that it's Josh Donaldson and he's a guy that, you know, like just the competitive nature in sports is you want to get in people's heads. And Josh Donaldson is for that. I think there's a line to be crossed and that's probably it. Like I know that in his mind, he was trying to like reference something he said. Um, 
but yeah, it, it does seem very weird to a to a use Jackie Robinson's name as an insult. Yeah, like that's not you know like that's not Jackie Robinson's legacy in the world in baseball. Um, a lot of people had problems with Tim Anderson saying that, but most people didn't even know he said it until now. Like the, the article's been out for three years. Like, right. no one cared about it then. Why do people care about it now? Um, yeah. And, yeah, like, yeah, they played in the same division together for two years. Like, I think if it was really an inside joke, it would have been said on the field when he was in Minnesota. Yeah, and, yeah, the thing with, like, yeah, using Jackie Robinson's name, like, he's he's someone associated with, like, you know, he's – Looking back in history, he's not known for being a 311 career hitter. He was no. he's known for, you know, being uh, a big advocate um, for, you know, breaking the color barrier, obviously. And um, he's associated with um, social progression and yeah. more, th- more than baseball. So it's weird to use the name, like, probably in some sort of aggressive or passive-aggressive tone. Um in what was sort of like an altercation between the two Mm -hmm. uh, what ended up being an altercation between the two um and yeah it's it's not uh not josh donaldson's best moment but yeah that um, and also i think tim anderson like a lot of people were saying like you can't compare yourself to jackie robinson because like what he went through and what tim anderson is going through with being scrutinized for having fun is not nearly the same and that's absolutely true but i I'm pretty sure Tim Anderson knows that. Like, I don't think that's the point he was trying to make. Yeah, I think he was making uh, yeah, making a what's the term? Like a a different variation of an equivalency or something like that. And like, I can sort of see his point with like, you know, him being one of the few people that gets like scrutinized for having fun. Like, there was obviously that Brad Keller incident, but like. Tim Anderson's not the only person bringing fun into baseball. Like there are so many people that are, that are doing it. Um, I mean, the list goes on, but if, if you can, if you can really think of people that like, like incidents where people got thrown at or, or just like yelled at or anything for, for doing that. The only examples I can think of are Jose Batista in 2016. Uh, there was that whole thing with the Rangers and Rudin Odor, And the other one, and this might not even really be that is Ronald Acuna Jr. When he hit like five leadoff home runs in a row against the Marlins. And then Jose Arrena drilled him on the first pitch of the game. Yeah. Like I know that Ronald Acuna is someone who gets associated with having fun in baseball. Um, but like, I think that was probably a separate thing. Uh, right. And I'm also like, I'm trying to think of like one thing that I realized yesterday, I've, I've mentioned, you know, there were chances for Donaldson to say this in Minnesota like not that this involved directly involved Anderson or Donaldson. Um, but like, there was that whole thing last year with the white Sox and twins during um, like when Yerman Mercedes hit that home run against um, Williams Ostadio. And there was like the benches cleared between those teams. Like there's been animosity between Anderson and Donaldson's teams before. Yeah. Like not that it, you know, obviously this is one that directly involved both of them, but like, there's been animosity on the field in general before like there have been these opportunities for these things to be said yeah 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 for sure just uh yeah weird situation for sure 
Mm-hmm. Um, anything, anything else to say on, uh, on the situation? I think that's everything I had. Like, I, I kind of had the same takeaway as you. Like, it's definitely a weird thing. I don't think Donaldson – I think Donaldson should have been smarter about it. Um, I know that Tim Anderson did say, like, it's not something he's going to sleep off uh, or he's not going to, like, sleep it off or whatever. Um, so that's, like, going to be a thing. At least, you know, at the very least, they don't have to face each other again for the remainder of the regular season. So, you yeah. know, hopefully it won't be something he has to think about directly on the field soon um yeah i think that's probably the worst thing like if tim anderson felt disrespected by it i really don't think there needs to be a debate on how bad it was or not yeah yeah for sure uh for sure so um anyway so uh yeah after getting into that we can now talk about uh some more you know on the field stuff uh fun stuff Fun stuff yeah. uh, with um, Adley Rutschman um, making his debut. He's been, you know, ever since he was pretty much ever since he was uh, walked with the bases loaded. That's exactly Oregon what State, I was about to say. Yep. He has been, you know, regarded to as one of the top prospects in baseball, if not the top prospect, which, you know, after, um, yeah, after Bobby Witt like, eclipsed his uh, rookie status yeah adley rutschman was the number one prospect in all of baseball um and yeah number one number one overall pick in the 2019 mlb draft uh out of oregon state and uh and you know officially made his mlb debut when did he make his mlb debut saturday saturday um and actually a pretty cool video which i'll pull up and share of you know it's kind of what anybody <laughs> any fan would do um <clears throat> if they got the chance to you know strap up the major league uniform and yeah you know especially behind home plate where you can really take in the uh take in the atmosphere to go adley rutschman onto the field as a big leaguer for the first time shook hands with andy fletcher and then with a standing ovation behind him Everybody tells you enjoy the moment in your big league debut, and few actually take the moment to soak it all in quite like that. Moments ago, Adley Rutschman. Yeah, yeah so. Cool video. I think like 99.9% of people that watch that video will never get to play on a major league field, but every single one like knew exactly what he was doing and like yeah. could absolutely relate. Like, yeah, that's that's what I would have done too. Yeah, and especially like Adley Rutschman isn't the biggest, uh, I guess, victim of this, but after spending years in the minor leagues where, Mm -hmm. you know, Adley Rutschman was behind the plate looking at, you know, uh, you know, his his view was was advertisements for, you know, local car dealerships. Uh, And now, now, you know, now his view is, now his view is, you know, Camden Yards, you know, the hotel, Utah Street, um, you know, one of the best ballparks in America, to be quite frank. Yes. Um, and, you know, signifying signifying he's in the major leagues. Yeah, I mean, like you said it perfectly, like Adley, you know, Adley's not the biggest victim of, of minor league struggles. Um, I mean, like, obviously, I mean, even when you have the path like Rushman, where 
every single year that you could be eligible for the top 100 prospects, you're in the top five on all three of the major sites for rankings. Like you're still going to have days where it's hard. And like Adley definitely had those days. Um, you know, like there was an injury at the beginning of this year where like it delayed his, his start in the big leagues. Um, like to go through all that for three years, regardless of if others had it worse or not, like to get to actually get there and to have that many people excited to see you because Camden Yards had a big crowd that day for, for what they usually get. Like if you look at the stands, like the first, the entire like first and third base lines were basically filled up. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's for a game against the Rays. Like it wasn't like there was a bunch of visiting fans just pouring in to see their team. Like it was, that was probably the most I've seen Orioles fans turn out in a long time, like other than like opening day games or maybe game 162s. Yeah. And uh, that transitions in into like the idea of what kind of, it's not just about Adley Rutschman, the player who's obviously, you know, on a very good track, obviously, you know, top five prospects ever since he got drafted, but it also signifies like there's also what, Adley Rushman brings in brings into the table. So the Orioles, the Orioles, you know, being a horrid team, to put it quite quite frank, started in 2018. And, you know, the first the first pick they got after turning into a, you know, a regular last place team was Adley Rushman. And he's the first great prospect that they get to uh that they get to witness. Um start their team and if they do have success a few years down the line you can imagine that Adley Rushman is probably going to be leading the way um, and be you know at least you know a top three player on that team so he brings that uh, so it's a it's a it's a bit of a new hope for Orioles fans not that they're gonna you know make a playoff run because of Adley Rushman this year but you know a couple years down the line with him and guys like Grayson Rodriguez and guys they probably haven't even drafted yet, uh, they will probably you know have a have a bit of a new hope and uh, and I think I think Adley Rushman is is the symbol of that for for Baltimore Orioles fans and that's why that's why there was such a big turnout because there hasn't been much reason outside of maybe like Cedric Mullins to watch this team since uh, since 2018. Yeah, you said exactly like I was going when you finished. I was going to start out my my take with Ali Rushman is like he symbolizes hope in Baltimore, which is something that the team hasn't had since they won the Jeremy Hellickson sweepstakes at the 2017 trade deadline. You know, like this is a team, a fan base that has been desperate, like beyond desperate for something to root for. Um, Like they've had to watch, you know, every AL East team has had some sort of success in the time that the Orioles have struggled. Like the Red Sox won a world series. The Yankees have gone to the playoffs every year the Rays have become a perennial uh have become a perennial like top team in the league the Blue Jays are up and coming like they've had to watch every single team in their division you know strive towards these moments of greatness they've been stuck in the basement ever since like this is the symbol that it's finally their turn and it starts with Adley Rushman which is I think is perfect because he's the face of hope in Baltimore but he's only he's one of many right like in the coming you know weeks months years you have Grayson Rodriguez coming up. You're going to have DL Hall coming up. 
uh, Colton Kowser, Gunnar Henderson, guys they haven't drafted yet. And, you know, if all these guys pan out the way they can, maybe we start to see the team start spending some money, right? Like, you know, yeah. then, then and, these and guys are going to need reinforcements. Like, this is, like, whatever future the Orioles may have and whatever hope that the fan base has for the coming years, it starts, like, that era started Saturday. That was, that started with Adley Rushman. And, like, you know, there's also guys like Mountcastle that are already there. Mullins, who has a couple more years of control. Um, like, they already Austin have a couple Hayes. of those faces. Austin Hayes is one of them. Um, yeah, John Means, if he, you know, when he comes back from Tommy John surgery in may, maybe late 2023, 2024, um, like, those are the guys that are going to be on the Orioles teams that people are going to be excited to watch. And, yeah, it starts with Adley Rushman. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, no insult to, um, yeah, to guys like Mountcastle and, and Hayes, but yeah, they were, they kind of came up, um, they kind of got their name later. Adley Rushman, we've known about since 2019 and, and, you know, for some like major, uh, draft people probably before that, Mm -hmm. um, knowing, knowing his skill. And yeah, I mean, uh, just looking at, so yeah and just looking at his his stats i mean like 2021 in 123 games in the minors had an 899 ops uh you know 397 on base percentage as well got 79 walks in 123 games uh in 2022 in 19 games had a uh, 942 ops and so far he's only played a, a few games he's only played three games and uh currently two for 12 uh, with a triple and, and yeah, he's uh so that'll be good. I mean, you know, they, they called him up. They're not going to manipulate his service time uh, at all in the, in the coming, in the coming years. So, you know, the Orioles will definitely have a, a big reason to watch a uh, big reason to watch the Orioles, uh, especially now with Adley Rutschman behind the plate. And uh, and yeah, it's just watch him develop, and then the 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 chips will continue to fall for uh, that those young yeah. that young Orioles, what will be a young Orioles roster. Soon. You know, you mentioned um, like they're not manipulating his service time, and like to that point, I believe I might not be correct on this, but I believe the official date uh, that the service time goes into next year is tomorrow. Like they could have um, like like the, the official date of like, you know, like the 171 days in the majors or whatever. Like, I'm pretty sure that starts tomorrow. Um, really? Yeah. I saw it somewhere. It could be wrong. Um, but if that is the case, like, yeah, they're a team that could have waited an extra five days, um, to have him, to have him into the, into, uh, I guess 2020, like eight or instead of 20 or 29 and 28, whatever it was. I don't know the years off the top of my head, uh, but yeah, they could have waited an extra year. Um, but yeah, 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 for sure. And like, whenever it comes, like if Adley Rushman continues to do well, he's, they're probably that's probably a guy you want to have. You know, you want to extend. But we are getting a bit ahead of ourselves <laughs> uh, if we're talking about that. But yeah, um, yeah. Anything else on uh, the? Adley Rutschman, uh, Adley Rutschman debut. Um, I mean, he tripled in his first game. That was cool. 
Yeah. Uh, he scored the game-winning run in, I believe it was Sunday's game. It was either Saturday or Sunday's game uh, because he was like the extra innings runner and the Orioles walked off in extras. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, I think as far as like, not to go too off topic, but as far as uh, rookies are going this year, I think there, I think there were a lot of, uh, I think there were a good amount of players that were underperforming who were like coming, coming back into, uh, into the fold. I'm looking at like Bobby Witt right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, well, he's playing great defense and has really good base running. So like his, uh, his F4 is very good right now. Like yeah. despite his, like maybe what has he got? Like a hundred weighted runs created plus. Uh, I'm looking at his reference and he's got 93 OPS plus. Okay. Yeah. But he, Which is he really was sad because um, he has like a he has like a pretty he has like a six eight OPS. That's so sad. Yeah, his uh he was he was a slightly alarming of mine and, and he's definitely improved since then. He had like he had like a four fifty something OPS mm-hmm. or mid 400s OPS uh in the first like couple weeks of the year and he's he's uh come back. Julio Rodriguez is I mean the Same Mariners thing. cleanup hitter. Yeah. and uh, he had his first homer in seattle last night yeah right and uh yeah 727 ops 118 ops plus 12 stolen bases to lead the league um wow. lead all of major league baseball which i didn't really know about that's pretty crazy so um you know if adley rutschman can add to a already very impressive uh rookie class that uh that is shaping up especially in the american league um so uh speaking of some excellence uh we have decided to yes. go over the quarter year all-stars um cuz you know it's it's good to highlight some some players that like we expected to do well who are doing well cuz with how about that's we kind of try to go under the radar so we should acknowledge you know mm-hmm. who the best players actually have been uh, the, the entire season. Uh, we split it up. Daniel took the American League. I took the National League for our all-star team. So no uh, no conflicting things, no disagreements yeah. here. We're just you want to uh, go first. We're yeah, we're let's just we're just pretending that um there's no fan voting. I'm uh I'm Brian Snitker. Daniel yeah. is Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker. Coolest um, dude in the room. Yeah, the, the coolest dude in the room. I'm definitely jealous that you get to be a uh, Dusty Baker. <laughs> that's why. Um, that's why I wanted AL clearly. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I did. Did you ask uh, if I wanted to go first? Yeah, go ahead. I usually yeah. go first. And how about that? Since like yeah, so go ahead. All right, I'll take I'll take National League. And usually when in any like any like lists. With AL and NL, AL usually goes first, so we'll switch it up. We'll go National yeah. League. Um, so uh, I'll start off with the catcher position. Um, catcher position is weird because all of the one... good catchers in the NL. Yeah, yeah. Catcher position is weird. So my catcher, I'll start off by just saying my catch, my National League catcher all star so far is Wilson Contreras, who has a 142 weighted runs created plus, which leads all uh, 21 National League catchers with 60-plus plate appearances. That that number might have changed in the last day, but I doubt it. 
Um, so I chose Wilson Contreras, although uh, if you go to Fangraphs nationally catchers, Dalton Varsho leads in F4 by a good amount. However, he's only played 16 games at catcher this year. So yeah, would kind of feel weird to put him as an all-star catcher. Um, but I mean, he'll probably find a way on that roster, wherever it may be. But my starting National League catcher is going to be Wilson Contreras with a 142 weighted runs created plus. Um, he is day-to-day right now, but I mean, it's day-to-day. He'll probably come back. Yeah, day-to-day. Uh, my first baseman is, uh, is Paul Goldschmidt. His OPS is well above 880. He's hitting 338 with a 977 OPS and a 184 OPS plus. Uh, leads all National League first baseman in average on base percentage, weighted, cre- weighted runs created plus, and F war. Um, then at second base, I have Jazz Chisholm Jr. Uh, he is hitting 290 with a 921 OPS and 160 OPS plus, and he's really improved his defense as well. Uh, which is good to see. He has three outs above average so far this season. That puts him on pace for like, I don't know, between like 12 and 15, which is a pretty elite level. Um, and he leads all National League second baseman in slugging OPS and weighted runs created plus. Um, then moving on to third base, this was my easiest decision. Um, and a guy who hasn't been, like I've seen him on the leaderboards, but I feel like not a lot of people have talked about him as much as people should be talking about him. Um, maybe it's because he's a little unlikable, but nonetheless, my National League third baseman for uh, at, at the All-Star game at, at the quarter way mark is Manny Machado. Uh, he leads all of Major League Baseball in F-War and yes. leads the entire National League in the entire quadruple slash line. Uh, he's slashing 365, 440, 604, 1043. Um, he's nuts also he just had the fourth game since 1901 with two doubles a triple and a walk yeah shout out uh hack miller yeah Um, shout out hack miller ed morgan johnny cooney they did it in 1923 28 and 37 respectively no it hadn't been done since 1937 manny machado did it on sunday yeah that's pretty insane um so yeah shout out to him he's been killing it all year uh it's been pretty extraordinary and Makes you think, yeah, that $300 million contract makes mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense for sure. Um, which makes me realize his opt-out <clears throat> is tw- after 2023. So I wonder if that would ever hmm. be. I wonder if, yeah, I don't know. You know, that that's a little far down the line, but something to, something to think about. Yeah. Um, so after talking about the best player in the National League, we move on to a weaker class which is the National League shortstops, um, kind of a weird class, um, especially when you consider that uh, that Fangraph switched its like defensive evaluation yeah. and shortstops, shortstops value is, is highly dependent on their uh, defensive abilities. And this is a weak class. Wow. Looking at, looking at the uh, National League leaders in F war, uh, at the shortstop position, at the top of the list, you can't say the guy. You can't say the guy that's leading it. It's Dansby Swanson. It is Dansby Swanson with a hundred weighted runs created plus. But like, no one else is above 
like 125 right now. And um, my other option I considered was Trey Turner. And then I looked at his baseball savant and he has negative six outs above average right now. So yeah. this is not an angle. This is not a standard angle to go, but I'm going with Dansby Swanson. Uh, wow. He leads the National League shortstops in F4. He's second among them in outs above average, 95 OPS plus. Any particular uh, reason you didn't pick Lindor? Uh, Lindor, I think he does have has, negative six defensive runs saved, but yeah, he has I think he has negative one outs above average as well, and he's at what like one fifteen weighted runs created plus one twelve, one twelve. Yeah. So yeah, like you know, I guess so. There's like a, there's what a twelve percent difference. So I'll I'll take yeah I'll take the defense I guess. <laughs> so uh, in a in a, yeah Dansby Swanson is winning this like like he's Ozzy Smith um, <laughs> with like average to below average offense. Um, pretty crazy, but yeah, that was my weirdest decision to make. Uh, and then in the outfield, you get three outfielders, uh, position, specific position, not important. Uh, first outfielder, the best outfielder in the national league has been Mookie Betts. Um, he is hitting 280 with a 909 OPS and 154 OPS plus. He leads all National League outfielders in F4 and weighted runs created plus. Pretty easy decision. Uh, the second uh, outfielder I am discussing or selecting in my quarterly All-Stars is uh, Brandon Nimmo. Um, he's, you know, it, kind of flying under the radar, hitting 297 with an 839 OPS and 145 OPS plus. He is second among National League outfielders in F4 and weighted runs created plus. Uh, and then my last outfielder, I kind of mentioned before, but he's played he's played most of his games in the outfield. And I'm picking Dalton Varsho. Yeah. Uh, he is hitting 262 with a 792 OPS and a 127 OPS plus. He has three outs above average as a guy who is, has only played, you know, like 25 games in the outfield. And he's third among National League outfielders in F4. So, you know, he deserved a spot on the team. He deserved a starting spot on the team. So I put him in the outfield. Um, I don't think you're wrong in this decision, but I'm very surprised Juan Soto didn't make it. Yeah, it's weird. Like, like, not, that I'm, like not that I'm saying you should be, because, like, those three guys objectively have been better than him statistically. But, like, it's just so weird to not see him there, especially because, like, he has 138 weighted runs created plus. He's a 17.5% walk rate, more walks than strikeouts. But he does have a 248 BABIP and, therefore, a 245 batting average, 452 yeah. slugging. Yeah, it's a weird thing because, like, who would I rather see in the All-Star game? Obviously, I'd rather see a Juan Soto at bat than Dalton Varsho at bat. But, like, you know, this is the ARR All-Star Yeah review so we kind of have to go a little unorthodox here so um, i i can tell you that i did the same so yeah i i figure you know this is not a reflection of what the fan vote will end up being um if you put the fan vote juan soto i guarantee would be one of the three outfielders uh along with mookie Betts and one of these guys uh but yeah like it's kind of weird it is kind of weird not to put soto in there and i imagine I, I bet by the time all-star voting comes around Juan Soto, I will consider a top three outfielder, but at the moment um, he's, you know, I, I think his, his 
his defensive runs above average have not been looking good. Um, offensively, mm-hmm. he's looked. Uh, he's it's weird. It's weird to say he would be underperforming because he has like a one forty OPS plus, but it's like we're more used to a one sixty or one seventy from him. Um, at least last year. So yeah, uh, Juan Soto. I imagine when it comes voting time, I he'll be deserving of top three, but not right now. Um, according to myself and then in the designated hitter role, as we have that in the national league, uh, I put Pete Alonzo. Um, I don't know. I didn't research how much he's played at DH, but I mean, he's just like been one of the, uh, best hitters in general and, uh, you know, hasn't got, didn't get a spot yet. He's hitting 288 with an 880 OPS and 152 weighted runs created plus. Uh, and he is eighth in the NL in weighted runs created plus. And he's done that while playing almost every game for the Mets this year. Um, so he gets my designated hitter spot. The other uh, potential player I would have put would have been Bryce Harper, who is getting a lot of time at DH right now because of his torn UCL. Um, however, he has missed some games. So I favored Pete Alonzo, who had only like a slight difference in the uh, rate statistics, but played seven more games. All right. And that leads into uh, my pitchers who we did five starters and five relievers. Um, so I, I think I'll kind of go rapid fire on the relievers yeah. at least. Um, my first starting pitcher I put was uh, Pablo Lopez. Um, he's a 157 ERA, 229 FIP, 266 expected ERA in. 46 innings pitched and uh he is the national league era leader at the moment um my second starting pitcher is joe musgrove he is a 190 era 277 fip 256 expected era in 52 innings pitched he is third in era and fifth in fip and this is where like i don't know it's kind of a weird decision but like he is deserving, but obviously he's not going to be an all-star um, because he's injured right now. But I put Max Scherzer as my third starting pitcher because mm-hmm. I, I believe he's been up to this point the third best starting pitcher in the National League. However, I know like he's going to be out six I weeks mean, and this won't. Yeah, I would say six weeks. He could possibly be back by the time the all-star game comes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It would have to be like six weeks on the dot, though. Right, exactly. Um, he... Uh, before he got injured, had a 2.54 ERA, 2.94 FIP, 2.80 expected ERA in 49 and two thirds innings pitched. Uh, Carlos Rodon is going to be my fourth starter. He's been um, he's been the the FIP guy in the National League, uh, the same way like Corbin Burns was, and then Corbin Burns actually ended up winning the ERA title at the end of the year. But Carlos Rodon, 3.43 ERA. But a two one one FIP and a two six zero expected ERA and forty four and two thirds innings pitch and he leads the National League in FIP strikeouts per nine and F WAR. Um, so if you were going completely based on F WAR, he would be the number one starter. Uh, and then my fifth starting pitcher is uh, Kyle Wright. Um, he was a previous how about that and he. Had some struggles after, but I think he's settled settled in after that. He has a 2.49 ERA, 2.48 FIP, 3.12 expected ERA in uh, in 47 innings pitched, and he is third in the National League in fielding independent pitching. 
Um, so he is, uh, yeah, he's deserving of, of a spot in this uh, hypothetical quarterly all-star rotation. And if I were to replace Max Scherzer, I'd probably put someone like maybe Miles Michaelis, who's been Ooh. pretty wild. One nine six ERA. Can I ask about a snub? Um, who's the who's the snub? Where that... where does Zach Wheeler come into this? Zach Wheeler. Um, well, he's had a start last night, so I don't think all the uh, stats were updated uh, okay. when I selected gotcha. this. Uh, but... Over his last, including last night, over his last uh, five starts. Um, 32 and two thirds innings pitched, 25 hits allowed, five earned runs for a 138 ERA, 40 strikeouts, six walks, one home run for a 161 FIP. Yeah, it would be. It's yeah. He's he's another in another weird spot. It, 229 FIP this year. Um, I should look at his expected ERA because yeah, both Michaelis and um Wheeler started last night mm-hmm. so that makes me wonder like and i think michael I mean, does have a sub sub two era he had a sub two era but his expected era was upper twos low threes so wheeler was 289 expected era um michaelis now my computer sounds like a jet airliner oh michaelis <laughs> has a 325 expected era and how many innings has he thrown 55 though that is a lot i'll you know i'll put mike michaelis in still um however you know by the time all-star well not that we give it another two months i think i think one of them is going to surpass the other yeah wheeler wheeler is uh probably going to be more likely to be on the all-star team than miles michaelis um but miles michaelis has had a pretty excellent start and then that comes to my relievers. Uh, my first reliever to put in is Ryan Helsley, who yep. has thrown 15 He's and two thirds. So ridiculous. 15 and two thirds, scoreless innings, 23 strikeouts, three walks. His FIP is 0.35. Um, it was 0.10 last night. Yeah, he walked a guy. Yeah. What a what a jabroni. Uh, <laughs> second reliever. In the net coming out of the National League is Josh Hader. He's gone 13 and two-thirds scoreless innings, 21 strikeouts, five walks, 15 out of 15 on save opportunities. Um, my third reliever is Kenley Jansen, um, who, you know, he's he's his 306 ERA is not something that's you know microscopic by any means. However, he's thrown 17 and two-thirds innings pitched with a 1-1-2 FIP and a 1-3-1 expected ERA. And his 10 out of 11 on save opportunities, he's just been getting babbipped a little bit. Um, and uh, he's had some really soft contact. His hard hit rate is like 21% or something like that, which is ridiculous. Uh, fourth, uh, my fourth reliever is Taylor Rogers, who I keep forgetting is on the San Diego Padres. Uh, I've always associated with him with him with the twins and like there were so many moves and i forgot he was on the padres well he also got moved like last minute yeah he got moved yeah like, i'm pretty yeah. sure it was april 6th yeah i'm pretty sure like if i went on my mlb the show franchise he'd still be on the twins because yeah. they didn't update if you, it if you um like i remember the opening day game for the padres they lost to the diamondbacks on that seth beer walk-off home run and like Taylor Rogers wasn't ready yet because he hadn't actually gotten there. Yeah. Like he couldn't close the game. And that's literally why they lost. 
And that's also yeah. how late the trade went down. Well, they could have used him because he's been one of the best relievers in baseball. Yeah. Uh, with 19 and, thir- 19 and a third innings pitched, only one earned run allowed, 23 strikeouts, four walks, and he is 16 out of 17 on save opportunities. And then my final reliever is uh, your Pirates player to watch, David Bednar, who has thrown the most innings out of anyone in this group, 22 innings pitched. He has a .82 ERA, 219 FIP. He's nine out of nine on save opportunities and four out of four on hold opportunities. I think they had him uh, not going in the ninth before, and then they decided they need to have him go in the ninth. So his four holds and nine saves and uh, hasn't blown a save at all so far this year. And he's been excellent uh, for the, for the Pittsburgh pirates who have been doing better, a little better than usual. So, yeah. So to review my, or I guess we could uh, review after years. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, now we go on to the American League. So starting with American League catcher, uh, I went very unorthodox because the AL catcher class is pretty weak right now. Like, you know, it's obviously you think of like guys like Adley that just came up, so he's not really eligible. MJ Melendez just came up. Um, Salvador Perez got hurt. Um, yes, Monty Grandal has been underperforming. Uh, I went with a guy that only has 93 plate appearances, but he still leads all American League catchers in F4. I'm going with Jonah Heim as my mm-hmm. American League catcher. He has 147 weighted runs created plus, which leads all catchers AL or NL with at least 50 plate appearances. Uh, it is only 93, but there has not been a guy that has performed better than him plate appearance for plate appearance. And like I said, he leads all catchers in war. Uh, which is a which is a count stat even with those plate appearances. So, Jonah Heim is my AL catcher, and at first <laughs> base, uh, I went with another. I wouldn't say this is as, this is not nearly as unorthodox, but I mean, you think of the best first baseman in the AL, and this guy might not be the first to come to mind, but he's up there, and it's Ty France. Uh, it's pretty undeniable what he's been doing this year. A 166 weighted runs created plus 1.6 F4. Uh, both of those lead. Uh, all American League first baseman. Um, he's just been killing it all around this year for the Mariners. And uh, he's kind of, he's like the reason they're not even farther under 500 right now. Um, he's been absolutely carrying the entire team for the entire year. And he is my American League first baseman. Uh, at second base, I went with a guy that's a little more expensive, expected, uh, Jose Altuve. He's been there for years. This will be, I don't even know how many All-Star games he's made, several. Uh, he's probably started most of them too. Uh, 176 weighted runs created plus on the year. 245 weighted runs created plus since May 3rd. That's pretty, yeah. that's incredible. <laughs> um, so that's, he's been absolutely destroying the ball lately. Uh, it's hard to pick anyone else. At third base, I had a really, really difficult decision to make. Uh, there are two guys that are basically like neck and neck. Like they are right, they're right there together. Um, it was between mm. Rafael Devers and Jose Ramirez. I don't think there's a wrong answer. I went with Ramirez, but if you pick Devers, you're not wrong. Uh, he has 186 weighted runs created plus, which just barely does pass Devers. Uh, the thing that really put him over the edge for me, uh, 1.57 walk to strikeout ratio. He walks significantly more than he strikes out at an absurd rate, even if it's this early in the season. Uh, it was hard for me to deny Jose Ramirez the all-star nod. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm looking at the fan graphs 
right now and like mm. Ramirez has been getting babbipped a little more than uh than Devers. He is uh yes. Ramirez has a 258 babbip which you know signifies he's been getting a little unlucky and Rafael Devers has a 375 babbip which signifies mm. he's been getting a little lucky. Yeah. I think Devers uh, has them by 0.0 or 0.1 in F4 right now. I think it's 2.4 to 2.3. Yep. Um, it's very close. I, I would go with Ramirez though, but I mean, that could change yeah. in one at bat each. Yeah. <laughs> um, shortstop, I went with Tim Anderson. It's That was a much easier decision. 173 weighted runs created plus 2 F4. And he was one of my players to watch. So it's worth noting uh, on balls to the opposite field this year, Tim Anderson is batting 487 with an 897 slugging percentage. Both of those ranked top five among the 128 hitters with at least 25 balls to the opposite field. Awesome. Um, so outfields, like there were three no-brainers, but it felt weird. So Mike Trout and Aaron Judge are the obvious ones. Those are the two front runners for AL MVP. I felt weird about putting Taylor Ward third, but there's really no other option. Taylor Ward doesn't qualify, but each of Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, and Taylor Ward have at least 220 weighted runs created plus and 2.7 F4. No other American League outfielder has a weighted runs above weighted runs created plus above 176. And also no American League outfielder has a wins above replacement above 1.6. So all three of them are a full win above the next best outfielders in the American League. And they're at least 50 weighted runs created plus plus above. Uh, so there was really no other option. So Mike Trout, Aaron Judge and Taylor Ward are my outfielders. Uh, at DH, I picked J.D. Martinez. He has a 440 BABIP, so he is getting lucky, but he's hitting really well. He's a 179 weighted runs created plus. Um, DH is really just all about who's hitting the best, and no one's doing it better than J.D., so he's my DH. And starting pitching, pretty I went pretty mainstream and pretty under the radar, I'd say. Uh, my ace is Kevin Gosman. I think that one's a no-brainer. Uh, he has pitched 50 innings. He has a mid two ZRA, but his FIP, he's been, he's been the FIP guy that Corbin Burns was last year, a 1.27 FIP on the year. Uh, I think he has like 10.2 strikeouts per nine and like 0.5 walks per nine, something absurd like that. Um, he's yeah. been the best pitcher in all of baseball this year. And for my second pitcher, really good comeback story. I'm talking about Justin Verlander, uh, a guy who's kind of been the opposite of, uh, Gosman, but in a in a good way, 51 and two-thirds innings pitched, a 1.22 ERA. That leads that leads all of baseball, I'm pretty sure. Uh 2.8 FIP. Um, so you know, it is gonna hit that one two two ERA is gonna come up a little bit, but I mean, how can you have a one two two ERA and not have it ex- be expected to come up? Yeah. Uh, so Justin Verlander is the number two pitcher. The number three, very recent, how about that of mine and Chris's Martin Perez. Um you had to do it. 49 in the third innings pitched, a 164 ERA, uh, yeah. 2.42 fifth. The guy's been dominating. Uh, my number four starter, Tarek Skubal. Uh, he's been remarkable this year. 44 and two thirds innings pitched, a 2.22 ERA, 1.99 fifth. Uh, he's been killing it all around. And my five starter is Nestor Cortez of the Yankees. Uh, hard to, to deny what he's done this year. 45 innings pitched, a 1.8 ERA, 2.57 fifth. Uh, so that rounds out my rotation and uh, going back. So in, in my relievers, I ended off with a Yankee. I'm going to start off with another Yankee. My number one reliever is Clay Holmes, who has been otherworldly this year. Um, 
in 21 and two thirds innings pitched. Are you by chance? Do you have his stats pulled up? Um, don't if you don't. Okay, no, I don't. Okay, 21 and two thirds innings pitched, an 0.42 ERA, a 1.58 FIP. Do you want to guess what his ground ball rate is right now? Um, 68%. It is uh, 83.3%. <laughs> no, five out of six, five out of six batted balls are ground balls against Clay Holmes. <laughs> that is. And, and like I said, an 0.42 ERA, um, that's gross. <laughs> that yeah. is absurd. Yeah. Like Jeez. that is, I mean, it's obviously a much smaller sample size, but that's like 10%, 13 per- percentage points better than Aaron Bummer last year. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. 83.3% ground ball rate. Uh, my second reliever is also a Yankee. It is Michael King who has been a multi-inning relief face for them this year. 26 and two-thirds innings, 2.03 ERA, uh, but a 1.31 FIP. He's been doing amazing. And my third reliever, uh, another one of my guys to watch, A.J. Puck out of Oakland. Uh, they're going to need an all-star. I, I, I could see A.J. Puck, with the way he's performing right now, being like the, the one Oakland A to be an all-star. And everyone's like, oh, they just needed an A. But this guy deserves it. Uh, 18 innings pitched and 0.5 ERA. He's given up one run in 18 innings. He has a 1.77 FIP. Uh, he's been dominating all around. It's his sophomore. It's technically his rookie year by service time standards, but it's his second year in the big leagues. Uh, my my fourth reliever is Eric Swanson of the Seattle Mariners. Um, and he has pitched 14 innings, not as much, but uh, a 1.29 ERA, 2.18 FIP. And probably the big, biggest emphasis of all, 37.7% K rate minus walk rate Whoa. Uh, that leads all relievers. Yeah. He's been <laughs> insane. Um, and then my final reliever is Sam Henges of Cleveland, the guardians. Uh, he's pitched 15 innings this year. Uh, he is a 1.170 ERA, 1.34 FIP. So that rounds out the AL team, Chris, I'll, I'll just round out my team first since it was more recent. So my catcher is Jonah Heim. My first baseman is Ty France. My second baseman is Jose Altuve. My third baseman is Jose Ramirez. My shortstop is Tim Anderson. My outfield left to right is Taylor Ward, Mike Trout, Aaron Judge. My DH is JD Martinez. My starting pitching is Kevin Gosman, Justin Verlander, Martin Perez, Tark Skubal, Nestor Cortez. My relief pitchers are Clay Holmes, Michael King, AJ Puck, Eric Swanson, Sam Henges. Nice. Uh, my nationally quarter all-stars behind the dish. We got Wilson Contreras at first base, Paul Goldschmidt, second base, Jazz Chisholm, third base, Manny Machado, shortstop, Dansby Swanson, uh, outfield. I didn't put left to right, but I guess hypothetically I would have Mookie Betts in right field, Brandon Nimmo in left field, and Dalton Varsho in center field. Uh, and then at the designated hitter spot, I got Pete Alonzo. Uh, my starting pitchers are Pablo Lopez, Joe Musgrove, Max Scherzer, Carlos Rodon, and Kyle Wright. And my relievers are Ryan Helsley, Josh Hader, Kenley Jansen, Taylor Rogers, and David Bednar. Um, that will lead. So now that we've highlighted some players that have been uh, performing well all year, um, and who have definitely stood out. We are going to be highlighting some players and players or subjects that have been doing very well. Also, maybe a little more under the radar with our 
Tuesday, May 24, 2022 edition of um, who do you got for us today? Chris, are you like moving something in the background? Because like your mic has been very staticky for the last couple minutes. Nah, uh, I'll just uh, take my leg off this uh, thing. You sound a little better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, my my how about that is one of my all stars. Uh, I try to to briefly talk about the guy, um, so I can talk about him fully right here. I'm talking about Tarek Skubal, who has been the second best pitcher, the second best starting pitcher in Major League Baseball according to Fangraphs wins above replacement this year. Uh, he is 10.07 strikeouts per nine, 1.61 walks per nine, and 0.4 home runs per nine. Uh, last year, he had the K to walk numbers, but he struggled in that he gave up a lot of home runs. That was his one big issue. That was what was stopping him from being elite like he is right now. Uh, his four-seam fastball got teed off last year. Opponents slugged 6'11 against it. Uh, so Tarek Skubal responded by making his slider his primary pitch this year. Uh, he throws a slider 29%. Uh, the fastball is now 28% opposed to 40% last year. And that has made a world of difference for Skubal this year. That's the reason he's been so elite. Uh, the slider this year has been the primary pitch that he wants it to be. Opponents are hitting 196 with a 235 slugging against it. It also has a run value per 100 of negative 3.1, which is the 10th lowest among the 219 pitches that have accumulated 50 plate appearances this year. So among those 219 pitches, Targ Skubal slider pitch for pitch has been the 10th best. Um, that's pretty significant. Last year, Skubal had a 13.9% barrel rate against, which was significantly above average. I think the average is around 10% last year. This year, it is at 5.1%. The 8.8% uh, decrease is the third largest drop among the 241 qualifiers uh, between 2021 and 22. Additionally, his home run to fly ball ratio has gone from 28% to 6.9%. Very nice drop for him. The 21.1% decrease is the 15th largest drop on the same list of 241 qualifiers. And he has also recorded a career bests in average exit velocity, sweet spot percentage, hard hit percentage, every expected statistic, and also a career low in launch angle and a career high in ground ball rate. The ground ball rate has gone up almost 10% from last year uh, from 48 or 38% to 48%. Uh, so Tarek Skubal has been otherworldly compared to what he was before. He's not giving up home runs. He's throwing the slider a lot more. He's getting the results he needs. Art Skubal. Um, yeah, he's been excellent. Excellent for sure. Um, really, yeah. Like, and it's weird. It's weird that he's succeeding in the Tigers. Like, you expect if he's taking a step up, um, then the Tigers would be you know, stepping up as well, but yeah, the Tigers are in a weird spot, but he is a, he is a, a little diamond in the rough so far for the 2022 Tigers with my, how about that? Um, I feel a little bad because it's a repeat team, but it's a team. I have a feeling we're not going to be talking about too much in terms of this category with how about that? Uh, because I, we, we, both highlighted a ranger last week mm -hmm. but 
you know, I feel like I've, I, I don't know how many more ranges we're going to be talking about. So uh, I am talking about Cole Calhoun. Yep. Who uh, in his last 15 games is hitting 353 with an 1198 OPS and a 244 weighted runs created plus in this span his slugging ranks fourth his ops ranks fourth and his f4 ranks sixth and the guys above him are like you know aaron judge uh you know guys of that guys of that caliber um before this uh 15 game span where he's absolutely killing it uh his barrel rate was 8.5 percent, which is about average and in this span his barrel rate is 22.9 percent uh, which is excellent. And his barrel rate ranks eighth out of 254 batters with 25 plus batted balls in this span. And out of these 254 batters, his expected Woba ranks 10th. So uh, he's not necessarily just getting lucky. He's uh, he's absolutely barreling the ball up and uh, just, just uh, Im- improving greatly in the 15 game span. And overall on the year, his barrel rate, uh, average exit velocity, and hard hit rate are on pace to be the highest in his eight years in the StatCast era. So Cole Calhoun getting A. How about that? Uh, the big Rangers acquisition from last offseason. Yes, the big one. Uh, you know, just uh, – the, the the Rangers completely broke the bank trying to get this guy, and it's really paying off Yeah. Um, with Cole Calhoun. Uh, so now we go from players or subjects that have been underperforming with uh, our Tuesday, May 24, 2022 edition of... Who do you got for us today? Uh, my slightly alarming was someone who was a very early how about that of yours last year. He was an MVP finalist, um, but he has not gotten it going over the last couple of weeks. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, he's still getting his walks in, but he has not had an extra base hit since May 5th, and it is currently May 24th. Um, since then, he has a 200 slugging percentage. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., 200, 200 slugging percentage over like 15 to 20 games. Uh, that is tied for the fourth worst among the 185, 84 qualifiers. And over this time, his ground ball rate is 62.5%, which is fifth highest. And Vlad Guerrero Jr. has been a guy that has had ground ball problems in the past. If you look at his 2019 to 2020 seasons where he, you know, was doing all right, but still wasn't exactly the prospect he was hoping to be. That was, that was one of the big reasons why. And he got away from it last year. Uh, which is which resulted in him finishing second in MVP, having a 600-something slugging percentage. Uh, but he's gone back to his old habits this year, or at least in the last couple of weeks. In fact, he's a 3.9-degree launch angle this year, which is much lower than last year. But in this span, his average launch angle is negative 3 degrees. Uh, so he's been hitting the ball into the ground a lot more. Obviously, he's not the fastest guy in the world, so he has not had an extra base hit uh, in over two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Yeah. So uh, that leads into my slightly alarming, which, uh, funnily enough, 
your, you know, we don't have the same slightly alarming, but yours goes into mine because I'm talking about the Blue Jays offense yep. uh, in general. As in their last 21 games, they are hitting 209 with a 609 OPS and 78 weighted runs created plus, um, you know, 78 weighted runs created plus for the Blue Jays offense, which is star studded. One of the best offenses in baseball last year. Um, yeah, that's alarming. Uh, in this span, they are 29th in average, 29th in slugging, 28th in OPS and 28th in weighted runs created plus uh, before this span. The team's ground ball rate was 42.1%, which was 17th in the league. And now it is 45.8%, which was fifth in the league. Funny you mentioned Vladimir Guerrero Jr. having an increase in ground ball rate because uh, I guess that's representative of the team in general. Uh, the Blue Jays. The Rymel Tapia effect. Yes, the, the Rymel Tapia effect for sure. Uh, they have had the third highest pop up rate in this span also. Um, so not only an increase in ground balls, but an increase in pop-ups. Uh, their exit velocity has gone from 90.9 miles per hour to 89.5 miles per hour, which, you know, a 1.4 mile per hour difference. If it was an individual, it wouldn't be crazy. But if it's the whole team for 21 games, well, that might be a little significant. Uh, their hard hit rate has also gone from 46.2% to 40.7%. Uh, goes from an elite level to somewhat middle of the pack. Um, and the Blue Jays barrel rate in this span is 21st, which is uh, pretty wild to consider the the players that they have, you know, guys like Vladimir Guerrero, Guerrero Jr., George Springer, Teoscar Hernandez, uh, Loris Gariel Jr., Matt Chapman, and their barrel rate is 21st uh, in this span. And breaking down individually, who's been underperforming, uh, I mean, you kind of broke down Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, best, uh, but in this 21-game span, he's also hitting 213 with a 610 OPS. Uh, with other players, uh, Teoscar Hernandez is hitting 091 with a 286 OPS, negative 25 weighted runs created plus, a 29.8% strikeout rate and 3.5% walk rate, which is not a very good uh, ratio there. And uh, he's coming off an injury, so I wonder if that's just a slow start coming off. Uh, anyway, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is hitting 161 with a 422 OPS. Raimel Tapia is hitting 196 with a 446 OPS. And Matt Chapman is hitting 138 with a 521 OPS. So the Blue Jays have hit a bit of a skid. A lot of it is due to their offense, uh, just not performing like it should. And, uh, and yeah, so that puts them as, uh, my, as my slightly alarming. Um, so yeah, that does it for players to highlight for good and bad reasons. And, uh, now it is time to, get into a little preview of the week ahead, even though some of the week has already passed. But uh, we have some series starting tonight. Um, Daniel will be looking at the day-by-day matchups from now until Thursday or Friday. I'm not sure. Um, but in terms of series to watch, oh, my God. Would you do me a favor and look at 
go to the MLB app and look at the athletics. Oh man, crap. What's up? Um, for a quick second, the athletics Mariners matchup had, it said Caprillion Kirby, and then it had Chris Bassett and Logan Webb's faces. <laughs> it's too funny, but I think it was just my phone. It just wasn't. Oh, I'm checking yet. it right now. Uh, yeah, it's it's gone. I think, but uh, it is too. I funny. believe you. Yeah, it was really. And funny. wait, and Logan Webb. Yeah. What? <laughs> like, like Chris Bassett makes sense because he used to play for the A's. Logan yeah. Webb, no relevance to either of these teams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, in terms of series to watch one, I'll definitely be watching because I'm a fan of one of the teams is, uh, White Sox, Red Sox, uh, White Sox are, you know, uh, one of the best teams in the American league, maybe not record wise right now, but in terms of their talent, you know, one of the best teams out there, Red Sox have won eight of their last 10. So that should be an interesting matchup there. Um, and not, not too much. I mean, Braves Phillies, I feel like is always interesting. Um, so that'll be going on. And yeah, that uh, and then yeah, the 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 two main series to watch are coming out of the West Coast. Yeah, uh, a lot of West Coast, a lot of good West Coast baseball this week for sure. Yeah, we got Padres Brewers, which is a matchup between the Padres, who are what tied for the division lead? No, half a game. I think, out. I think they're just under the Dodgers. Yeah, Padres are half a game out of the National League West lead, and the Brewers are uh, in the National League Central lead. Uh, that is in San Diego. They the the Padres won the first game of the series last night, and um, that will be a three game series. And then also we have Giants Mets. Uh, Mets won game one of that game of that series. Uh, last night and that will be going destroyed alex cobb until yeah absolutely just right, well, let me let me get a i need to get a cob check what's the what's the expected era at after last night i think it's still under two. Oh, it definitely is he he gave up like three or four ground ball hits all of which yeah. had an expected batting average below like 150 yeah they all um, had like projected distances of about two feet literally <laughs> Yeah, he's the he's the number one searched uh, guy on Baseball Savant right now. The people know. Uh, yeah, six point two five ERA, one point nine expected ERA. Love Just that. Keep keep Alex Cobb in your thoughts. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, the guy the guy has had otherworldly horrendous misfortune this year. Yeah, no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. Very, very porous. He has a negative four degree average launch angle. Yeah. And he, yeah, and, and, and a great strikeout to walk ratio. Yeah, he's, uh, he is top 11 percentile in average exit velocity, hard hit rate, expected Woba, expected ERA, expected batting average, expected slugging, barrel percent, chase rate. And most of those he's top five, like top seven percentile in. Um, yeah, like, yeah, (laughs) I should have, I should have put him in my, uh, all-star rotation. Yeah, facts. (laughs) He deserves it. Come on. Uh, 
keep him in your thoughts. Oh, well, what's his bat up against right now? It's got to be brutal. Either that or his Babbitt with runners in scoring position. Uh, yeah. It is 4 11. Um, he is a 4 11 Babbitt against a 6.3% 6. ground ball rate. Yeah. The, and yeah, a 4 yeah. The 411 Babbitt doesn't even do justice how unlucky he's been. <laughs> Literally. Because, like, the, even the batted balls he's given up should not be hits generally. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, say a think about Alex Cobb today. Keep him in your thoughts. If you're religious, say a prayer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the guy, the guy needs it. But uh, anyway, day by day matchups for uh, the next few days. Uh, yes. So tonight, a couple good matchups: Marcus Stroman and uh, Tyler Malley will be facing each other. Uh, Stroman just returned from the COVID IL. Malley, uh, still trying to get out of Cincinnati. Right. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he is pitching at home, so he will be giving up five earned runs. Um, yeah. Well, oh, here's a good, interesting storyline matchup. Walker Bueller versus Josiah Gray in Dodgers-Nats. Uh, a, like, Trey Turner uh, and Daniel Hudson made their returns to Nationals Park last night. Uh, Josiah Gray was traded for Trey Turner, so obviously a former Dodgers top prospect. Uh, he'll be facing his former team tonight. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, Kyle Gibson versus Max Freed tonight in Philly's Braves. That is a good matchup. Um, Sonny Gray will be facing the Tigers tonight and Tigers Twins in Minnesota. Oh, here's an interesting matchup that we don't get a lot of. Kevin Gosman, Jordan Hicks. Yeah, Blue Jays. That'll be fun. Blue Jays Cardinals. Fun, Blue Jays Cardinals was the site of the best slide into home plate ever, ever made. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. That Chris was Chris Coglin. Yep. Also, that was such a memorable series. In like, it was just a random series at the end of April in 2017. There was that, and then uh, Matt Carpenter hit a walk off grand slam. And speaking of walk off grand slams, Paul Goldschmidt hit one last night. Yeah. <laughs> when these two teams match up, man. In St. Louis. In St. Louis. Yeah. Things happen. You already, you already know what's going on. Um, yeah. Framber Valdez will be facing the Guardians tonight in Houston. Uh, interesting matchup, Nick Pavetta versus Dylan Cease tonight in Red Sox-White Sox. Nick Pavetta threw a complete game his last time out. Dylan Cease has been uh, living up to our big expectations. We both had him as a Cy Young pick. Uh, Dane Dunning versus Noah Syndergaard. Dane Dunning has been uh, promising this year. He's been exciting to watch. Zach Gallon will be pitching tonight in Royals Diamondbacks. I love when we have the random matchups that never happened. We were just mentioning Blue Jays, Cardinals, but Royals, Di- Royals, Diamondbacks really feels like it hits different. Oh yeah, like there's, like-, like there's the unexpected matchups that usually don't happen, like Blue Jays, Cardinals that we just mentioned. But like, like I just mentioned, we have memories from that. You could tell me the Royals and Diamondbacks have never faced each other. I'd believe it. Well, yeah, and also like, there's, like with with blue with something like Blue Jays, Cardinals, there's an element of like at some point, you know, maybe they could meet up in the World Series. There's yeah. none of that in <laughs> Royal Diamondbacks. They're never they're not meeting up in the World Series for at least another four or five. And they years. and they never have been. Like yeah. the Diamondbacks were good in the you know the early two thousands. Royals were bad. Royals were good in the mid two thousands. Diamondbacks are bad. The Diamondbacks picked it up in the late two thousands, like twenty seventeen. Royals are bad. 
Like these teams have never been good at the same time. It's also a 10, 10 or it's a nine forty start tonight. So that doesn't help. There was a good storyline last night though. Zach Greinke uh, made his return to Arizona. Oh yeah. Uh, and he yeah, probably great. gave up like three home runs. Um, <laughs> you have James Capillion versus George Kirby was Chris was Chris previously mentioned. Uh, really good matchup. I'm not going to put it as a matchup of the night though. Corbin Burns versus Blake Snell in uh, Brewers and the Padres. That's a great one though. There's a there's a great this is a great night for matchups because the one I'm about to mention you you can finish that one and then flip on this one. That's going to be some good baseball to watch. Uh, the aforementioned Chris Bassett versus Logan Webb. That's why they were shown because they're facing each other tonight in Mets Giants. Match of the night comes from the Florida series, the uh, Marlins Rays series. Pablo Lopez, Shane McClanahan. <laughs> that is a it's a six forty start. Like I mean, hear me out. You'll watch those two. Their game finishes. You go flip on Burn Snell. Like it is. It doesn't get better than that. Yeah. I, yeah. For sure. On a Wednesday, um, a lot of good matchups on Wednesday as well. I'll be. Uh, I'll be enjoy. I'll be trying to enjoy a lot of those. I have some plans tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You do. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um. You have Dylan Bundy facing the Tigers in Tigers Twins. Dylan Bundy has lost a ton of his velocity, but he's still been performing reasonably well, uh, which is interesting. Uh, Julio Urias will be pitching for the Dodgers against the Nationals, um, saving that for match of the night. Aaron Ashby and Hugh Darvish will be facing each other in the Brewers Padres. That's another good matchup. By the way, Freddie Peralta um, just went on the injured list. He's going to miss a apparently significant amount of time. I think this is his spot start, which is why Ashby is starting. Uh, you have Kyle Hendricks versus Luis Castillo in Cubs Reds. You have um, Ranger Suarez versus Charlie Morton in Phillies Braves. That's an interesting one. Um, Cal Quantrill versus Christian Javier in Guardians Astros. Rich Hill versus Lucas Giolito, Giolito in Red Sox White Sox. Um, Reed Demers will be pitching for the Angels. Match for the night comes from A's Mariners. Very weird matchup of the night, but these are these guys. One of them has been performing very well. One of them is a name. Paul Blackburn versus Robbie Ray. Yeah. Yeah, it's Paul only Blackburn right. had an interesting year. It's only right that I get to watch Robbie Ray tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a nice present. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter. Basically, no one has announced their starters for Thursday. But it looks like it could be an interesting day. Justin Steele versus Hunter Green and Cubs Reds. Um, I'm literally naming every starter that has been named. Adam Wainwright will be facing the Brewers in the start of Brewers Cardinals in St. Louis. Michael Waka will be facing the White Sox in the finale of that series. He's been otherworldly with his, like, 160 Babbitt against. Yeah. He's been, like, the anti-Cobb. Um, yeah. Those are the others. Those are every starter that's been announced except for – a good matchup. Like there are other, there are two other starters. This is a legit match for the night. It might not be, but barely anyone's been announced. Uh, Aaron Nola versus Kyle Wright in Phillies Braves. Mm, the yeah. legit, legit match for the night when like five starters have been announced. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, that should do it for the 183rd installment of Above Replacement Radio. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this one. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and want to watch the conversation as it happens or that uh, Adley Rutschman video we uh, we pulled up earlier in the episode, go to our YouTube channel. It is called Above Replacement Radio. 
if you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore current and follow the show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio for all the show needs. And we hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you uh, next time, probably this week, uh, where we will be talking all the happenings in Major League Baseball once again. See you then. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.